Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the DCU Soccer Podcast. I'm joined again by uh, James from DC United Kingdom. You want to say hi, James? Hello, hello. How are you doing, Ken? Doing okay, I guess. Um, <laughs> pretty hard uh, stretch of games here, I guess. But yeah, do you also want to uh, tell listeners a little bit about what you've been up to? Maybe some stuff uh, that's on your podcast or on your blog or anything like that? Yeah, why not? Um, so if it's your first time tuning in and it's the first time you've heard me my name is james i run the dc united kingdom supports group um which you can find us at dc united kingdom over on twitter some things that kind of made a little bit of a talking point a little bit of debate as you would have probably seen again was the my views on promotion and relegation um that kind of got a few people talking over on twitter which i was kind of happy about in a way i wanted to get that debate going and I'm keen to hear about what you think about it as well. Uh, yeah, um, that kind of debate's hard because it does uh, does spark a lot of it, especially over here. Uh, yeah, I mean, the article's very interesting. You should definitely check it out um, if, if you haven't already. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a hard topic because it is something that is going to be difficult to do, right? But... Um, potentially could could give us some really good upsides uh but yeah yeah it's it's a tricky tricky one to kind of um say a definitive answer but it's kind of what i wanted to put out there was what i felt works and hopefully it'll be a case of if you don't agree with it i'd love I'd like to hear thoughts behind it. I've heard some great and interesting theories behind it, um, why it doesn't work, um, or why it wouldn't work anyway. Um, and like I said on my on that the post, I've put across what I think is would work because uh, it's for me the it brings across the drama, it brings across excitement, it brings heartache, it, it's it just brings the game to a kind of a different level. I don't say a new level or a great level it's a different level um depending on which end of the uh, promotional relegation you sit at um, obviously but um it's something that i feel lack is lacking in mls when you look at some of the teams and they just sit there down at the bottom and not playing for anything um it just means that they would be playing for something yeah for sure i think one of the things that is is one of the hard things about the implementation is the fact that MLS is franchise-based and uh, single owner, so I'm not sure a lot of the MLS owners would be uh, would be too happy about paying, you know, 100 million or now 200 million to get in and then getting relegated to a potentially uh, MLS two league. But who knows? It could happen. They could figure that out. Uh, it's definitely probably a solvable problem. It's just hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I finances do play a massive part, especially in in American sports in general, uh, because there's a lot of franchise stuff out there, and um, it's there is ways. Um, I mean, it's something I could go into a hell of a lot more detail, but I don't think uh, we've got long enough on one particular podcast. I think it would have to be a series. Yeah, that would be a cool series, though. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So we haven't had a podcast in a while now. I think the last time was right before the Atlanta game. So do you want to talk a little bit about the Atlanta game first? Just a small recap. Uh, yeah. Uh, really? We have yeah, <laughs> we must. I suppose it's going to be the uh, the better ones out of the re- more recent games anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so obviously 
I'd imagine everyone who's listening will already know what that result was, but it was a 2-0 uh, defeat um, right at the death as well. Uh, this game I actually watched with my parents. Um, I did go up and visit them and they were keen to watch it. Um, probably not so much after the game. And it was... Uh, I felt the first half was better than the second half. Uh, we seemed to create a few counter-attacks. Then the second half, we didn't. Um, and it kind of felt a bit opposite to the game against Cincinnati, the previous game, where the first half wasn't a great half, but the second half we turned up. And I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this club at the moment. It's We can't seem to put um, a solid 90 minutes together right now. Um, in this, that second half, we had... Wave after wave of Atlanta attack. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with the point that we had some chances in the first half there, but we kind of just really bunkered down in that second half. Yeah, um, it was. It's it's never pleasant to see that, is it? No, it definitely is not. So, yeah, I mean, it was not uh, the best game. I I was there, so that was kind of cool. Yes, yes, you were. Yeah, I mean, those photos you took. That's the stadium looked fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and, like, uh, I went to visit my dad down there, and we went together, um, but, yeah, the experience was pretty good. I, I wrote a, a little bit about it in uh, one of my posts recently, but it was not it was not as loud as I thought it was going to be, uh, but it was pretty loud, and the environment was kind of crazy, and, like, uh, it was definitely one of the stadiums that I would recommend visiting. Um, there was kind of weird though, that there wasn't, there wasn't like too much around the stadium. Like there wasn't a lot of like restaurants or bars or stuff like that. So like it, it kind of felt a little strange, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a fairly new stadium after all. So I'd imagine over time that will just get better and better. And as more history is, uh, built up over there, I'd imagine it will just get, uh, I'd say just get better and better. Yeah. I, I was definitely looking for something to eat but couldn't really find too much so yeah I mean it was kind of cool definitely recommend it if you if you have a chance to go down there I mean it's a lot of people in the stadium and and a lot of uh, passion for the for their their team and it's really cool to see uh one little question yeah how much were the beers they were not too expensive I don't remember exactly they were definitely less than 13 dollars that's fair uh, that that, that, that's the kind of thing I was aiming at there. Cheaper than Audi Field, but Yeah, by a lot. I think, <laughs> I think like, when you have 45,000 people every game, it makes it a little bit easier for your pricing because um, <laughs> you literally have two times the amount of people to uh, sell to. But, yeah, it was cheaper. Like, the prices are pretty reasonable. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just a pretty much, like, nice experience. And, yeah. Good. Good. It's just a shame that the experience on the pitch wasn't as good as off the pitch, though. Yeah, it was not that much, that much fun of a game, especially in the second half. It's kind of like just hoping that we didn't concede, and then of course we did. But yeah, but yeah. And that that penalty. Um, I want to talk about Martinez's. Um, or as I tweeted, Joseph Chokinez. Um, his penalty that he took that his hop, skip, and a jump penalty. Um, I I just sat there watching it with my parents and they were, they were just in hysterics after he missed because they were just like what the heck was he doing and so and it's kind of a, one of those penalties where if you do it right it looks it looks great um it looks like you've got that little bit of an arrogance about you, you you know what you're doing but then when you miss and you miss like that where Bill Hamid just stands up and he just doesn't commit to any, any direction 
and you just see it, and it's just like you just made Joseph Martinez, a record breaker in MLS, look like an absolute fool. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he definitely shanked that. That was pretty bad. Um, it kind of took all the air out of the stadium. It was kind of a uh, like really strange moment. Um, but I mean, after that moment, I was like, oh, like we actually have a chance to get some points out of this. But no, we we ended up not. Uh, you would have thought that the momentum would have been on our side. Um, Bill Hamid had a great game that game, uh, but it just wasn't wasn't for us. Yeah, it really wasn't. It was a shame that after all that he'd done during the game and obviously that penalty save, we just couldn't hold on for those last five minutes of the game. Um, and nobody was picking up Pity Martinez running in the box. That's where I thought Canaus or Moreno should have been picking him up. And then we went, we suddenly woke up and went for an attack and then we just caught on the break and after leaving everyone up top and... Martinez, uh, Joseph Martinez, anyway, did what he does best and just uh, puts it into the back of the net. Yeah, definitely, definitely felt like uh, it's. Well, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to bunker like that for so long because it just takes one a missed mark, right? And then, yeah. and then it's all for nothing, especially when you just wave after wave after wave. It's eventually probably going to slip through. I mean, especially with a, a team like that with with as much talent, like. There's only so much you can do after, you know, 85 minutes. And so trying to possess the ball probably would have helped a little bit. I know that, like, Atlanta struggled against some of the bunkering teams, uh, but we did have such a low possession number that, like, they pretty much had the ball the whole time. (laughs) And so I don't necessarily fault uh, the coaching staff for that strategy, but, I mean, it was relatively a a gamble, and, and we lost, and... I think we could have gone in there and played open with the talent we have. And so, yeah, I guess just a gamble that, yeah, we didn't uh, come out the, the winner. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to um, Rory on my last episode, um, one of the uh, staff from DC United. And we were just talking about that game and we were just saying about the energy and how much energy was expelled during that particular game for being on the defense for so long. There is only so much, and when you do get tired, you do have lapses in concentration. And you could see in the post-match interview with uh, Ben Olsen, um, each enemy genuinely looked proud of the players for the amount of effort that was put in and how long we were able to keep the likes of Joseph Martinez at bay and the saves that Hamid was making. Um, All we needed to do was just take one of those chances in those first half, um, whether it was Ariola. Um, or whether it was um, Titi Rodriguez or Acosta or whoever, one of those chances just had to go in, and that game would have completely changed. Um, and it was just, it was just one of those days where the shot on one side of the post, if it went to the other side, it would have been a completely different story. And unfortunately, the story unfolded into Atlanta's favour. Yeah, absolutely. I did. Uh, I was kind of. I thought it was interesting that they started Acosta as the striker, considering like, if if we're gonna play like the counterattack game, he's not necessarily the most uh, pacey uh, person to put up there, um, and not necessarily someone who can really hold up the ball either. Uh, but we did see Pauliarola get some of the breaks, but still it was kind of interesting to see Acosta up there. What did you What did you take of that? That, I, that it was a big shock to start off with, um, especially when the, it was announced that Rooney wasn't 
didn't travel with the team. That was the biggest shock of all. But uh, having Acosta as a, as they would describe it as a false nine, um, the kind of Lionel Messi role, it, he, he's not that kind of player. And I would have much preferred to have uh, Quincy up top rather than Acosta because Quincy is the kind of player who could hold up the ball and then allow players to come into the game rather than being this little short dude who's making his runs a little around the pitch, but he's not able to hold the ball because so many players are just literally all over him very quickly, as we've noticed in previous games. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. I was a little bit disappointed in that decision, if I'm honest. Um, I would have preferred to see Quincy up top rather than Acosta. Yeah, and Quincy does have a little bit more pace as well. He's not, you know, the, the fastest dude ever, but he does have a little bit more um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was strange. I am not quite sure what they were thinking there, especially if they were definitely going in with the game plan of, of uh, Bunker and Counter, which it definitely seems like they were. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it is it is what it is. It's it's one of those games where it's it was always going to be a tricky game, especially against that kind of side. And I just hope that um, we've learned the lessons from that from that game where we're playing a top team, we shouldn't bunker down and hope for a counter and hope we get one chance when we're only going to get maybe three or four attempts during the entire game where and where we're not going to have 45, 50% possession. It's just we need to assert ourselves on the games, I think, and we've just not done that enough recently. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I guess speaking of... Um not asserting dominance. Do you want to talk about the friendly real quick? Uh, the one against Marseille? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Um, well, considering it wasn't broadcast over here, um, just that result on its own speaks volumes. 8-1 defeat. Um, but on the flip side, we didn't have any of our starters playing. So it's kind of a... For me, it's a bit of a non-result. Um, it, it's a game that I don't think should have been played. It was midweek in between two travel games and I really don't know why we as an organization are doing this. It just makes us look really bad and I genuinely don't see and well I don't see much of an upside apart from extra revenue that might have been brought in but I don't think the attendances were that great either from those games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we the I watched it and it was like, yeah, not <laughs> that great. I mean, I will say we went into halftime with a 1-1 and they I think they brought in all their starters and we didn't really do anything. Uh so yeah, it's kind of not a surprise that we kind of got destroyed there pr- pretty much playing uh, a Loudoun United uh, you know, team against one of the best teams in in Europe kind of. So <laughs> I mean, it's going to be it's going to be hard to win those games. I'm not necessarily sure that like, yeah, like we should have played this game or like played it like this or played it at this time, I guess. It's it does make us look bad. I think that was like the largest defeat in our history or something. And so, uh, yeah, that was not not fun. I think they need to figure out something better with the friendlies because uh, yeah. like it doesn't make me want to go to the next friendly either. <laughs> so, no, that's it. It's. With the friendlies, it's about getting a new type of audience in. And when you go to a game and you see your potential new team that you're going to support getting absolutely obliterated, it's kind of like, what was the point in that? It's just wasted 
20 minutes, two hours of my time going to watch that kind of game. But uh, if it was me, I would not be playing in the middle of a season. I'd be playing when we've got a little break on. So when there's internationals on there, yes, you're still not going to get a full team out, but you're going to have much more, much better side out than you would do normally um, in these friendlies when it's in the middle of the season, right in between two road games. So if it was me, yeah, I'd be playing them in internationals, whether it's like in June time where you've got the off season in Europe. So you still got those teams willing to travel and play in those games and you've got international. So you've got maybe the likes of Ariola away on international duty. You've got Moreno away, but you've still got the likes of, Rooney around you've still got the likes of Bill Hamid around unfortunately um, who would be willing to play a game because there's not anything going on I mean we had that was it a two or three week break between games um, in June that was ripe for those types of friendlies yeah definitely I think that that kind of timing or or, or something has to happen because like I don't think you're going to get that many people out there for you know a yeah, like a, a loud United side playing someone like this, because I think we all knew how that was going to kind of kind of go. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's just I'm, not good. At least we scored. Yeah, Quincy scored. He's been doing, yeah. he's been kind of kill, killing it recently, the scoring. And uh, I think both friendlies we've had and, and in a league match. So it's he's kind of hard to say that he, he shouldn't be in the starting 11, kind of. Yeah, I and mean, it's, and the reason why I said that is, We've not really scored that many goals recently, have we? No, no, not at all. No, I mean we could possibly talk about that game on Saturday night if, if we, we if, if we must. If we must. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were probably shirting as we are going through the games, I and mean, that was a um, bit of a shocker to say the least. And uh, yeah, I mean one shot on target in the entire game, which was from a free kick. So no shots on target from open play. Um, Possession-wise, I think we had a decent amount of possession for the for once, um, but it was it was tricky. Donovan Pines didn't have he had one of his worst games I've seen him play because his passing was just it was all over the place. Um, I don't think he really found too many of our plays that often, and yeah, it was just. A difficult watch to say the least, because even the atmosphere wasn't that great there either. So it wasn't a case of the crowd were being loud or anything. It was just, yeah, one o'clock in the morning, staying up to watch it. Kind of wish I didn't. Definitely, Donovan Pines struggled a little bit. I thought defensively he was okay. Definitely gave the ball away too many times. Uh, that's something we've been struggling with a lot this season, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, we started out with the the three man uh, back, which meant we had to uh, drop someone, and we ended up dropping. Joseph Mora to get Titi Rodriguez and Acosta on the wing uh, up there. Uh, yeah, I'm curious what you thought about that when you saw the lineup and like what do you think of it now? Yeah, no, in sort of my pre-match build-up, um, I was talking about obviously what I thought the uh, lineup was going to be, and I kind of put out there that I reckon it would have been a 4-2-3-1. Um, then going back to what would have been our strongest lineup. Um, but there was word on the street, on, on well, not on the street, on Twitter, um, was that Mora had some issues with uh, Visa, apparently. So he wasn't training as much, but he was on the bench. And I'm, if it was me, if he's on the bench, he's fit enough to play. So why didn't he start? Um, 
But it was kind of, we've gone with the, the back three. We've done it a lot recently. So in a way, it was kind of nice to see consistency there. Um, but uh, I wouldn't have had Rodriguez as a left wing back. I would have, um, as we've, I think we've both of us have been very vocal and we would have both probably dropped Acosta um, and had um, uh, Titi Rodriguez up top instead and Mora as the left wing back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... I think it's going to be even harder to get Acosta in if we're going to play that 3-4-3 three, because three, there's not really a good like central role that's not that that uh, the, the striker there and uh, having him on the wing I don't, he he pops out there a lot but like having him as an out and out winger to get to get with and stuff uh, is not necessarily something he's that great at I mean even if you compare him to like Titi Rodriguez or Areola on a on a normal day like you can tell the difference there. Um, even with just speed and, and, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, I was kind of frustrated with Acosta's performance. I mean, if we're going to talk about giving the ball away, I think he did it the most, probably, and then Donovan Pines. Uh, he got on the ball a lot, which was good, but didn't really make too much of it. No, you're right. Um, he did give the ball away a lot, but it was nice to see him getting on the ball, which he hasn't done a lot recently. So the fact that he had... Um, had the ball and he kept it for a little bit and he was making some good runs I thought it was just um, the end there was no end product there was no pass that he was making to keep that run going or anything like that but he did have a good uh, couple of attempts on goal Um, I'm just looking at the stats he had four attempts on goal Um, there was one in particular that I remember in the second half where it just fizzled past the post and again it's those fine margins that we keep putting ourselves in this kind of position where we're relying on these very, very fine margins. And at the moment, they're not going our way. We're just not having enough attempts on goal and enough oomph, I want to say, I can't think of the right word, but enough pizzazz or whatever about our game right now. And yeah, it's kind of a tricky one because if we're going to stick with a 3-4-3, three, three, yeah, Acosta would be out my team at this moment in time, um, which is sad to say, but in a harsh, cruel world, this is football. Um, someone has to be left out in this game. There's, it's a game of 18 players. Someone needs to be on the bench. And at the moment, Acosta would be my bench guy. But Canals picked up an injury, didn't he, um, during that game? Yeah, I'm not necessarily sure what it was. I don't think there's been anything about it. But it looked to me like he like cracked a rib because he like went down a couple times. And he was saying he couldn't breathe and stuff. And... Usually, if you, like, just get the wind knocked out of you, you're fine in, you know, a couple minutes. Uh, at least you can breathe. But if you, like, if you like cracked the rib or bruised one, then that's not going to be good for sure. No, and kind of the my thinking behind this uh, this particular point anyway is I can't imagine Knaus being fit for the next game with the way he went down and the way he was struggling. So, hear me out on this one. We continue with the 3-4-3. But... Instead of whacking Durkin in the centre of midfield to replace Canals as a like-for-like replacement, which, to be honest, this is probably that's probably going to happen. But how about partnering Acosta up with Moreno in the centre? So you've got one midfielder, one centre midfielder who's mopping up the play, but then you've got a playmaker. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I mean I think at this point I'd rather just return to the fourback. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, or and even honestly, I mean I've said this before, but like. Uh, early last year, we tried the uh, 4-1-4-1, which did not work at all. But I'm wondering if if we could try something like that again, considering we're not really getting much width. We're not really, like, 
doing much on the attacking side or having enough, I guess, playmakers or something going on, right? So I think maybe even trying that again, since Knaus is out, like you could you could start in a 4-1-4-1 and, and have your playmakers up top. And then, you know, if we absolutely need to, we've seen uh, different players play in that center midfield role. We could uh, drop a, a Areola back, which not ideal, but... Mm we could do it uh, in the middle of, of a game if we absolutely needed to, um, or even TD Rodriguez has played there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of down in, in, in theory on the, uh, not necessarily just swapping Durkin in, but yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's plenty of experience. We've got quite a versatile squad um, with players who can play in different positions. So we've got many different tactics that we could use and, I mean, we've, as you said there, with the 4-1-4-1, um, to me, that's a bit too defensive, um, considering we've not been very attacking. Another potential could be a 4-4-2 diamond formation. Um, that's one of my favourite formations, because you've got that ball-winning midfielder um, at, who was just ahead of in front of the centre-backs, but then you've got the wing play, but you've also got plenty of plays up top as well. You've got that little guy, that number 10 role, who's looking after the uh, attacks up top where he's feeding in the strikers and things like that. And then you've got two strikers on the pitch as well. Something which I think we need to start doing a heck of a lot more considering we're being out-attacked out and we're not having much up top. So this that for me, that could be a time for Rooney and Quincy to start up top together. Then you've got our new signing, uh, Wild, who could start on the bench for once. Um, which that was surprising, the fact that he wasn't didn't even make the 18 since we signed him to probably do that. Yeah, I mean, he, he just played with Loudon last night, so I, I'm wondering if they're trying to get him, like, more integrated first. I don't know, but, yeah, he uh, it would be nice to see him on the bench, <laughs> have some attacking options. Um, yeah, I mean, if even if we didn't put Quincy in, I think... If we did start out with a 4-1-4-1 type of thing, you could also do the opposite of what, what I suggested earlier and push someone up instead of dropping them down into the midfield if you need to. So you could end up with something similar to, to that 4-4-2 uh, diamond um, it, in that way as well. But yeah, I mean, we definitely need to start attacking more. We need to have some more options and we need to create like five or six times more opportunities because we're not going to be able to score like enough to, to really make the playoffs if we're kind of playing like we're playing right now yeah and then there's a, there's a saying um attack is the best form of defense that, that that to me that should that should be kind of the mantra going for forwards for the rest of the season is attack is the best form of defense and outscore the opponents i i'd be happy if we were conceding two or three goals a game but if we were scoring three four goals a game i don't would would you agree with that I don't know about two or three goals, but but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind. Like we we obviously can't just be so conservative. We can't play that conser- that conservative anymore. Like we don't have that luxury. We don't have the luxury of being uh, in a strong second place. We are slipping, and like we're about to miss out on the playoffs. So if we don't start scoring goals and possessing the ball more than twenty seven percent, like we're not going to be able to to do anything. I mean, you. You can talk as like as much about whatever you know, like I don't know what whatever the coaching staff is saying, like. But we have to go forward and we have to score because we've drawn so many times and we've only won twice in our last you know 12 games or whatever. It's just 
it's, it's not enough. No, and 12 goals on the road so far this season says it all, I think. it's. And we've had was it, five or six games where we've not scored. That's not good enough in any season. It doesn't matter whether you're down at the bottom or you're right at the top, not scoring in five or six games, well, pretty much 50% of the road games so far. It, that's where we need to improve. Yeah, I, I also think, like... Um... It was really interesting. I saw like the expected goals for the the Chicago game, and it was like you know two to point five or something that, uh, oh. against us. And so we're we're kind of living unsustainably, kind of even with these draws. I I wouldn't expect us to have won that game. And credit to Bill Hamid, but you know at some point we can't just rely on the you know couple central defenders and Bill Hamid. We need to be able to support them and 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 push up and actually attack. And relieve some pressure from them as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to sound um, too negative with this, um, so I'm going to try and talk about some positives from from the Chicago game, which was the fact that we did keep a clean sheet, and that is the first time a team has kept a clean sheet at the SeatGeek Stadium as well. So uh, that that's one positive from the game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's always good. I think uh, we've had. Uh, really good success doing that this year overall right like we're I think we're in the lead or tied for the lead in 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 clean sheets so that's definitely a good sign yeah so it's it would be nice not to rely on them but it's nice that we can um and the fact that we we've got such good defenders right now is is a great sign and especially for the future when you've got the likes of Donovan Pines who's I, I I would say he's going to be in the and the men's national team not in the not too distant future. I think it's he's definitely one who's going to be a big big player for us going forward for the next four or five years. I reckon. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's really interesting because uh, when we were down uh, in Atlanta, they have a defender who's who's pretty young and uh, named Miles Robinson who who was on the preliminary roster for the Gold Cup and you could definitely see like. Miles Robinson and Donovan Pines being like the future center backs potentially because of how good they're performing uh, at the clubs right now against like some really strong attacking teams. And yeah, it's just, it's just really interesting. The, the talent that's being produced from, you know, uh, these, these academies and in the case uh, of, of Pines and, and our college systems and, and all of our development stuff right now that, you could see that, you know, and they're getting minutes, uh, especially in Pines cases. I don't know about Robinson, but in Pines case, he got time at Loudon and, and that system's working and Loudon's playing a lot of really young players right now. And it's really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, going off that with Loudon, they had a really good result um, recently, haven't they, against uh, Louisville City. Um, and one of ours, um, Buster Mante, getting his first ever um, professional goal, which have you managed to see that yet? Yeah, so I watched his game. It was crazy. Uh, I, it was a great game, especially at the end. But yeah, it was a great, great goal. Yeah, so I'm just, I've literally got it on. It was a nice little turn, good little layoff by Presley. Was it Presley who laid him off? And then yeah, he just cuts, so. cuts inside and off the inside of the post. It was just, oh, so nice. I mean, that's that's going to be hopefully be a player we could have in our team um, in the not too distant future as well. Yeah, and even watching these games, we were playing like, you know, multiple 18-year-olds. We had a 15-year-old kid from the academy on there who's just absolutely killing it, doing really well. Like, we have a lot of young talent that we've acquired 
um, mm. through different means, the the academy and like some overseas folks that it seems very much like they're being developed to be in first team minutes. And like, it's really exciting right now. Like uh, the coach, Ryan Martin, he used all of his subs and it was really cool to see, you know, um, these these like really young kids getting in the chance to play and actually beat a pretty decent team. Uh, so yeah, it was a great game. Did he use his subs before the 87th minute? Uh, yes, I believe, <laughs> I believe all of them were. The first one was at like you know six sixty five or whatever. I know, crazy, oh. but <laughs> who, who'd have thought that? Um, yeah, uh, head coach using the subs before um, before the 87th. I can't believe I managed to guess that right. Yeah, well, that was, was crazy. That was that was something else. Um, so for those who don't, we have our we have our own sort of WhatsApp group, don't we? Yeah. And we were talking about the obviously the game and Ben Olsen's lack of uh, substitutions or lack of early substitutions. And I uh, kind of just on the off off chance just said, ah, we won't see him until the 87th minute. And lo and behold, apart from the Canals one, which was an enforced substitution, so we're not counting that one. Um, the 87th minute when uh, I think was it a double substitution he made in the end. I, think I don't think it was, it was double. Wasn't that? Oh, I'm just going to have a quick look, see if it was, whether it was or it wasn't. Uh, no, it wasn't, no. So it was Mora who came on, and then a minute later, Segura came on. Yeah. Uh, you know, there you are. But yeah, you, you guessed it right. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't quite know. The, the, the hard part right now is, like, there's not too many options on the bench, right? Like, obviously, Mora is, is an option, but he's not necessarily, like, someone who's going to come in and and you know drastically change either the game plan necessarily or like the the end result so yeah uh, i'm not sure it's my biggest problem with the bench that we had on against uh, chicago was the fact that we had three defenders on the bench which i'm amazed I've, i rarely see the teams who've got a full fit full fit uh, fully fit squad Using three defenders on the bench, it's usually two, two defenders, two midfielders, and two attackers. Granted, we generally only play with one out-and-out striker, but I would have, I'm surprised, I would have liked to have seen Griffin Yao on the bench. Um, but I don't know what, where, where was he the other night? I believe he, I don't know this for sure, but I believe he's in U17 uh, international training right now. Uh, then, well, if that's the case, then fair enough. You can't really argue too much with that. But they definitely have a camp either now or soon, so I think that must be where he is. Yeah, it's it was just it was a shame. And plus, when you, you've got that bench to utilize, you don't utilize it in the last two three minutes of the game where they can't make an impact. You want to, I, I mean, even if you start bringing on subs in the 80th minute, that gives them enough time to do something at least. The uh, one name that we definitely didn't see was Zoltan Stever because he's gone. DC, yeah, he's gone, and uh, DC and him have uh, officially, like, I guess, w- waived his contract, released him, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing this is to make room for uh, international slots and some salary cap room. So yes. yeah, what did you think about that when you saw it? Um, initial reaction was I'm I'm not surprised. Um, I'm happy for both sides because Steve wasn't getting any game time here. Um, so it wasn't really fair to keep him around if he wasn't getting any game time. Um, and I was happy from our side because, as you just mentioned, it frees up an international slot. It frees up a huge amount of salary um, for getting whoever we're going to get in, which hopefully will be Yamil Asad. But um, it's, 
it's the right thing for both parties because now Steve can go go back to Hungary and hopefully get pick up a new club in Europe where he will get the game time, he will get back into the international scene for himself and get back to doing what he does best and playing football. Yeah, for sure. I definitely wasn't surprised. I think, uh, you know, we haven't seen him even in the 18 and, and they said he was sick and he had, I think he did end up with like shingles or something. Um, but I also did see a bunch of Instagram videos of him, you know, training while while the games were going on. So yeah, I think uh, the, the the writing was on the wall for him for a little bit there. So yeah, yeah not I'd... surprising. I'm I'm kind of glad that it's just over. I'm I'm really happy for his performances last year, especially like uh, it just didn't necessarily work out 100%, and that's okay. Yeah, uh, I think like I said it's it's been the best thing for everyone um and it's it's the right thing to do right now in his career um but it hasn't been the only transfer um dealing i want to say um since the last time we did the po- did a podcast together um because obviously uh we brought in what uh Walt wild i keep getting his name wrong I was confusing him wild and ward but uh wild's come in but then we released akeem ward what did you make of that yeah, I'm not too happy about that. I mean, I've seen him play for Loudoun and, and the time that he played for DC. I think, you know, I think he did fine. I, I wouldn't say that he uh, didn't play well enough on on either side. And it's kind of kind of sad, but this kind of stuff does happen. We, we do have a couple of fullbacks coming back from injuries. So our depth is getting way better than we have had for a while there. So that's probably what the calculus was. But Still, definitely like a relatively big loss, and I think a pretty big asset lost as well. Yeah, um, and I've not seen him re-sign with Loudoun United as a USL player, which is going to be a massive shame. Because um, if he stuck with Loudoun, it could have potentially reopened that door to come back to the club again. So, yeah, it is a massive shame. And each time that I saw him, he, he looked decent, and there was I think he's got a lot of potential to become a top player um so yeah i think it's we may end up regretting that decision yeah i don't, I don't think he's gonna go to a uh, mls team um but i could definitely see him signing somewhere else in the usl i i do follow him on instagram and i saw that he you know posted a picture of him on some uh plane so yeah he's probably just uh, exploring his options I, I could also see him coming back to Loudon if if that's uh where you know his best option ends up being, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a shame. I think at this point he could have signed with the uh, Loudon if he wanted, but I think, yeah, he's exploring his options. So I'm glad, I'm glad that he's doing that and not just accepting the first thing for him, I guess, but yeah, yeah, I guess we can't have them all. No, it's true. It is very true. There's only so many slots you can have in your roster after all. But this also means that I'm hoping we do make some actual moves here because I believe we're going to have uh, one or two at least uh, international spots, if not more, if Mora gets his green card stuff situated. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we do make some moves. There's been some small rumblings, and we do have Jose Torres uh, in um, a trial right now with the team. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah. It's uh he's he's it's always been in uh, Mexico um Jose Torres hasn't he um if he signs for Starby it's first time in America but he is um an American though is or is he dual yeah, is he dual national 
Uh, I don't know if he's dual national, but I know he's definitely American because he's played on our national team before uh, a decent amount of times. So um, just not for a while. I think it's yeah. been a, a, at least five years, I would I would guess. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a decent uh, depth option. I don't predict he would cost too terribly much. And I think that kind of player is something we need, like a, a midfielder kind of a uh, player who's a little bit more than just a defensive midfielder. So, yeah. Well, fingers crossed he does well for us. And um, if he does sign permanently, he'll be a good asset to the team. And, yeah, we also do need to get Yamil Saad. I am going <laughs> to beat this horse. Oh, we, we look back at last season, um, just kind of in terms of signings that made an impact. So Rooney came in um, and made a massive impact. We weren't doing very well at all before he joined us I and mean, we were sat pretty much bottom of the Eastern Conference um, and then he came in yes we had Abdifield to come back to as well but that made a huge impact and re-signing Assad might not have the same level of impact as a, as a Rooney signing but it would make a significant impact to the team and it could be that that m- moment in our year that could change the whole season and set us on the right foot to get him back and making that playoff run. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, I would definitely get a jersey, like I've said hundreds of times. I think every single podcast I say that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it looks like uh, the rumors are that they were looking at Assad and at, and at least one other player. So we definitely need some blood here, especially since we've released Steber, who who was a decent, at least in theory, off-the-bench option. Yeah, and not just another defender on the bench. So, um, yeah. Should we talk about the upcoming game? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got Philadelphia Union um, in the next game at Audi Fields, uh, which is on Sunday your time, but Monday morning for me, um, and it's being broadcast yet again. Um, I, just a quick question before we actually get into the game: Who's it being broadcast by? Do you know? Uh, I don't because I'm probably gonna try to go, but yeah. If I had to guess, I'd imagine uh, it'd be flow. I guess so. It could be a national game, but it seems kind of a smaller game. But yeah, I don't know. So it's flow. At least then I'll get Dave Johnson to listen to. Yeah, that's nice. true. Uh, da, 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 match day. Yeah, it's not even on um on our web on the DC website yet. Um, who's it being broadcast by? So. Uh, for me, I know this sounds weird. Um, I hope it is flow, just because of the channel that it's being broadcast on over here shows the um, US version um, with the commentary as well. So I'd get Dave Johnson, which would be good. Um, if if not, then I'll just get whoever we get. Um, but uh, yes, uh, that game, uh, Philadelphia didn't have the best of their games in their last game against uh, Impact, did they? No, they got pretty much uh, crushed pretty bad. I think it was, what, 4-0 or something? So, yeah, that was a rough one for them. Yeah, it was uh, interesting to see, um, especially at home as well, um, to get beat by that much. It was just... The results kind of went our way um, at the weekend, and it was just a shame that we didn't take too much in advantage. But this is the, the fixture that I went to last year. It was my first ever DC fixture. Um, I just hope it's better than the last time I was there. I was there last year, so because it was a two-nil defeat last year, which was a shame. Yep. Uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a hot, sweaty night, if I remember when I was at that game. But uh, I was looking back on the um, 
looking back at the stats on the game for Philadelphia and their game against the Impact, it was actually away, not at home. They really didn't do very well. They had only three attempts on target out of 13, so they weren't exactly doing too good there. They had the majority of possession. They just didn't do anything with it. So it's kind of a, a game where it might end up falling into our favour for our style of play. The fact that they seem to like to have the majority of the possession. I don't know. what. How do you see this one going down? Yeah, I mean, I am not too positive about it, considering our form. I mean, we do return home. Um, I think Philadelphia struggled a tad. I mean, obviously the last game, but uh, beyond that, I think a little bit they've struggled. Uh, but they're still number one, and they're, they're doing pretty well overall. So it's going to be a tough test. We've beaten them at home for the Open Cup. Uh, which was nice, but this is the league play and a little bit different beast. So, yeah, we we really need the points, especially since they're in first, especially if we want to, like, really make a uh, try for the number one spot, which seems kind of out of reach, but not totally. So I'd rather be aiming for that than trying to aim for just above the playoff line. Yeah, I mean, you look at the... The conference at the moment, we're actually only three points behind uh, Philly at the top. So somehow we're still within within reach of that. Um, and you look at their records um, on the road at the moment. They're four wins, five defeats and three ties. So they're not exactly great on the road. And we've only been beaten twice at home. So we're doing we're doing well from a home kind of point of view. Um, it's I don't know. Um, Despite our form, I think we could sneak in three points. I don't think it's going to be a convincing victory if we're going to win. It'll be a tight, tight game. I just hope the, the crowd are up for it and we uh, we the team send the fans home happy. The the Union and, and DC don't really like each other that much, so I think it'll be a fun game, a little chippy probably. And and yeah, so I, I think a lot of people will show up too. I mean, uh, it's, it's a, like, you know, regional thing it's not too far from philly and i'm sure a lot of the philly fans will come down for it and yeah like i mentioned it's a kind of a rivalry not the biggest one we have but kind of formed into one of our smaller rivals so uh, we really need to to really get these three points they have a few weapons uh aronson has been playing pretty well i think he's like 18 or something he's been playing really well and uh so he could uh, he could sneak one in. He snuck one in against Atlanta at at Atlanta. So if he could do that there, I think he could probably do that at Audi Field too. So try to yeah. mark him and stuff. So uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, we've got, they've got plenty of decent players. There's a reason why they're at the top of the conference. Um, we've got to be on our A game. Um, hopefully we can bring it. And uh, like I said, I just hope that they uh send the uh, fans home happy and uh, send me to bed happy. That would be nice. Yeah, I remember on uh, one of our podcasts a while ago before the, or I guess right when the second of half of the season started, uh, you predicted we'd win this game. Are you going to stick with that? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick with it. Um, granted, I'm not as uh, positive as we were back then. Uh, so I know we went through each of the games and I don't think we've got that. We've got the Cincy game, right? Yeah, I know that the, much. The, the most obvious one. Yeah, yeah, we got that one. Yeah, if we got that. That if we got that one wrong, I would have. I think I would have cried. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm still gonna stick with it. Um, because like I said that their roads form hasn't been great. 
and we've done decently at home and the fact that it is a little rivalry game hopefully that will spark a little bit of a bit of passion in there hopefully Ben will be able to get the players going for a full 90 minutes for once um, and if needs be hopefully make a substitution before the 87th minute hopefully he might make one in the 85th minute this time round um, but uh, yeah I, I could I could still see us winning this one I just think it'll just be really really tight and hopefully a very entertaining game yeah, I definitely, I, I kind of want to see something like crazy, like like when he benched Hamid, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> It'd be like kind of like sending a message, I guess, when he broke a team rule or whatever. But I'm not saying we should bench Hamid, obviously, because we okay. need him. But yeah. but like sending that's a similar message maybe to someone else or something to shake something up and like really get them going. Like, I don't know, but it, we can't just line up the same way talk the same way about everything and expect to to really get get on good form yeah that's it. it's there's i think you were saying that what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the uh, a different result yeah exactly it, that's that's what it feels like at the moment is he's going doing the same thing but wanting a different result it's just never going to happen so um i'm just looking at the union's um injury list at the moment they've got four plays definitely out and one who's um as they've put it on the mls website uh, questionable so they've got a few injuries yeah who's who's out so you've got olivier mbazo um who's a defender he's got a left knee injury uh, montero's out uh with a ankle sprain keeper matt freeze he's uh, got a right quad strain sergio santos uh, with an ankle sprain as well. And the questionable is Mickey Ngalina uh, with a lower body body injury, whatever, whichever way you want to put that. Yeah, that sounds bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, so th- that's a lot of their starters. Uh, those are some of the really big players. And, yeah, they've been struggling on defense. They've had to the, uh, do some, some, some backups playing and stuff. And if Sergio Ramos is out, that's – one of their bigger signings from the off season uh, as I think he's like a center striker. So yeah, that's, that, that's a lot of people out. So I don't think we're going to be playing necessarily a full, full strength uh, union team. Yeah. That, and that's hopefully going to play into our hands very nicely. Cause I think, I mean, for me, one of the big players who I've liked in a way is Montero. I think he's been pretty decent from what I've yeah, seen of him. Yeah. He's been crushing it. Yeah. So having him out, yeah, that's that's awesome for us. So hopefully we can take advantage of that. Yeah, all the best to those players uh, dealing with their injuries. But yeah, it seems like it'll feed uh, well into our plans because we're pretty much going to be having a full strength squad here. And I don't think really anyone's out. Um, yeah. If anything, we just keep getting back players that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and the, the only player that we've got out at the moment is O'Neill Fisher. And that's yeah, it. and potentially Canals, but we don't know yeah. yet. Yeah, I mean, that until uh, anything official comes out. Um, I mean, to be fair, it might have been a really bad winding. That's a, it could have been that. Yeah. So I, I would have liked to have thought we would have heard something if it was anything more serious than that. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, it's not um, anything worse than a really, really bad winding. Yeah, for sure. It it definitely seemed worse, but you never really know. I mean, he stayed on the sideline, I think, so 
Probably not terrible, terrible. But yeah, I mean, even looking into the last part of the season here, we're we're not going to be playing as many games uh, as a lot of other teams or even ourselves in the beginning of the season. But a lot of them are actually pretty strong games. We play the Red Bulls twice. You know, we play a lot of really hard teams uh, to beat. Um, We play the Galaxy, the Sounders, I think I saw, um, and the Union as well. So yeah, it's kind of kind of worrying a little bit yeah we've got two big um road trips uh well one at the start of uh, september against uh, montreal impact and then portland timbers uh a couple of weeks later so that's gonna be a a couple of well even before that we've got philly union so we've got three road games in a row that's going to be a tricky potentially season changing um few fixtures there i reckon because that then leads us into the last three games. And, yeah, we shall see what happens. Um, but for me, I think that those Philly Union game, Impact and Timbers, they're going to be the key point in the season where we'll either make the playoffs or we won't make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, and it sucks to have to even be saying that because, like, we were so solidly, like, quote-unquote, in the playoffs for a while and, like, in a in a safe spot. But if you can't win, you're not going to stay in that, that location. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I think that's all we got for this week. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about? Um, not really, no. Um, just thanks for having me on again. Oh yeah, absolutely. And do you want to uh, remind people where to find you and and what kind of, uh, yeah, everything like that? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at DC United Kingdom, um, on Facebook and Instagram as well, which is at DC United Kingdom FC. You can also find the website dcunitedkingdom.com, uh, which if you are anywhere in the world, you can come and join us. Um, there is a supporters group there, which you can fill the form in. It's, uh, there's just a nice little membership link there. And that's about it for me. So, uh, like I said, thank you for having me on again, again Ken. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. And, yeah, everyone, you can find me on Twitter at DCU underscore soccer if you don't already, already follow. And... Feel free to leave a a rating and review in uh, iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast. And yeah, we'll see you next week.